Welcome to Sunlit Storytime, short stories that leave you feeling great. I'm your host, Megan Kelly. Today we'll hear Dragons by J.H. Martin. J.H. is from London but has no fixed abode. His book, Spring Wanderings, chronicles his travels through China, from town to village, city to countryside, up hills and down mountains, seeking the solitude of the peaks and the wisdom of the hermits who live there. In Dragons, Posein, a nine-year-old boy, is sent to fetch a takeout meal by his single mother. To accomplish his task, Posein must navigate unfriendly streets, but along the way, he is confronted by visions of beautiful dragons. Now, before we begin, take a deep breath, relax, and give yourself permission to feel great. Dragons by J. H. Martin It was hot, too hot. Like his mother earlier, Poe Sane didn't want to go out, but he had to. Noodle salad, prawn salad, no onion, barbecued chicken and rice. Poe Sane reminded himself of the list his mother had told him to go out and get before she'd left for work that morning at 4am. It was now midday, she would return in about an hour's time. And Posein knew he'd be in trouble if he hadn't done what she'd asked him to do. Yes, he nodded. Five more minutes and he would go. And then he picked up his illustrated book again. When the king went to the royal bedchamber that night, he took with him the stem of a banana plant and hid it under the bed. He then got into bed and, pretending to be asleep, waited for the queen, who came in soon afterwards and fell asleep by his side, getting up quietly from the bed. Maun Pauk Giai put the banana stem in his place and then covered it with blankets to make it look as if it were a man sleeping. Hiding from view, he then awaited events. Po Sain's big brown eyes widened as he turned the page. From behind the rafters, a dragon appeared and slid down the pillar nearest the royal bed. The dragon grew furious when he saw the form of a sleeping man by the side of the queen. He struck with all his might at the banana stem, but his fangs became stuck. Maun Pauk Jaying saw that the dragon was now helpless and rushed to kill him with one stroke of his sword, awoken by the dragon's dying cries. The queen was stricken with grief, for not only had the dragon always defended her honour by killing her unwanted husbands, but he had also been her secret lover for many, many years. Dragons. Just the thought of them made Poe Sane smile. He loved dragons, even though he knew they did not exist. Once he'd read a story about a boy who had always dreamed of seeing dragons but then died of fright when, during a thunderstorm one night, a dragon appeared outside his bedroom window. Posein didn't understand that. The only time he'd felt any kind of fear was seven years ago, just after his fourth birthday, when his father had been killed. 
but Posehn didn't like to think about that. So he closed the illustrated book, got up from the wooden sofa, and put on his royal blue sandals. He had more important things to do. Hello, said Joe Miat, their neighbour from upstairs, as Posehn closed and locked the front door behind him. Where are you off to then? Posehn pointed down the four flights of concrete stairs that Joe Miat had just climbed. Joe Miat smiled and said, Out to play with your friends? Posehn shook his head. They only moved to the township recently, and they wouldn't stay for long. Right, said Joe Miat, scratching his head. I must say, you're a quiet boy, aren't you, Posehn? Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Posehn didn't know, so he didn't reply. You shouldn't be afraid, said Joe Miat, shaking his head and giving Posehn a friendly pat on the shoulder. You know what they say. If you always ask questions, you will find the answers that you seek. Try and remember that, okay? Posehn smiled back at Joe Miat, but again he remained silent. Right, said Joe Miat, still bemused by Posehn's cool demeanour. Well, I'll see you later, Posehn. Take good care of yourself, okay? Posehn nodded and made his way down the stairs without saying goodbye. His mother was right when she told him, When people you don't know ask questions, just nod or shake your head. We have to be careful. Do you understand? Yes, Posehn may have only been a child, but he was well aware of the danger. A lot of people liked to talk too much. Like Aun Lin, who owned the small rice shop next to the entrance of their building, hiking his dark green long yi back up around his waist. Aun Ling stepped out of the shop doorway and greeted Posehn with a wave. Morning, Posehn, Aun Ling said. How's it going? Posehn nodded. As usual, he could smell whiskey on Aun Ling's breath. Posehn had heard him the night before, as he did most nights, shouting and arguing with someone outside the beer station on the other side of the street. Posehn didn't hate whiskey, he hated what it did to people, especially his uncle. Yes, after his uncle was released from prison, he'd found it impossible to find a job and had started drinking. One year later, his uncle was drinking four litres of cheap, local whiskey a day. The following water festival, he had died from heart failure. Talkative as ever, I see, said Aun Ling, laughing. He shook his head and spat out a mouthful of blood-red betel nut juice. Shrugging, Posehn ignored Aun Ling's laughter and kept walking down the uneven street. He was thinking about dragons again. He imagined that the red LED signs for printing shops, mirror makers and money changers were the flashing eyes of a dragon, and that the shadows from the passing balconies and the brightly coloured shopfront awnings were a pair of giant wings, protecting him from the bright rays of the midday sun. Yes, and that was all Posehn's uncle had tried to do that night, protect his family. His mother had always done her best to protect him too. You were too young then to remember it now, Posehn, his mother had told him, but that's how I got this scar on my chin. Whenever he got drunk, your father became violent. 
That's why I left him, and why we had to keep on moving. We had to stay away from him and the other members of his family. Yes, Posehn understood that, and that's why the comments and the gossip he overheard as he passed neighbours standing in the doorways to their buildings or underneath their umbrellas didn't bother him at all. Skinny kid, single mother, always leaving him on his own, and those tight jeans of hers, I mean, honestly. Did you hear what Dandan said the other day about her younger brother? No, sometimes his mother had no choice but to leave him on his own. She had to work to pay the rent and put food on the table. Her parents and her grandparents had died before she turned nine years old. As her younger brother had now passed away as well, Posehn was her only family, and her opinion was the only one which Posehn ever concerned himself. Now, thanks to his uncle, they were safe and secure. He wasn't a bad man, his mother had told him. He was a very good man. Never forget that, Posehn. He always told the truth. It was the drinking that was bad. What happened to your father was an accident. It wasn't your uncle's fault. It was your father's. He kidnapped you and threatened to kill you if I didn't give him all the money we had. That night, your uncle rescued you. Sorry, I know you know that. And I'm so sorry you had to see it all. Posehn wiped the sweat from his forehead and the flashing memory from his mind. Looking left past the bright blue Hindu temple and right past the mosque and its pale grey minarets. He made sure no cars were coming and then made his way across the road. On the corner was a small Buddhist monastery. During the water festival, Posehn had stayed there while his mother had her brother cremated and then grieved for him. Along the top of the monastery's sky-blue outer wall ran a green and yellow dragon. Posehn skimmed his hands along the dragon's rough scales and a smile crept onto his face. Posehn? The man's voice was quiet yet unmistakable. Peering over the low wall, Posehn laughed to see Tajinda sitting on the shaded ground cooling himself with a big brown fan. It's hot, Tajinda said. Come round here, Posehn, and sit with me in the shade for a while. Nodding, Posehn walked to the gateless entrance of the monastery. He had always liked the way Tajinda taught. Unlike some of the monks at the monastery, Tajinda preferred to quietly sit rather than go around talking loudly about donations and other things. Posehn removed his sandals, walked across the concrete yard and sat next to Tajinda. Close your eyes, Tajinda said, smiling. Posehn did just as Tajinda had taught him. Observing nothing but his own breath, he inhaled deeply and exhaled slowly, letting the rumble of the heavy traffic and the powerful aroma of fermented fish and the awful memory of his father drawing then falling on his own machete blade pass through his emptied mind. As Posehn's emptied mind passed through all of them. Now look, Tajinda said. Posehn opened his eyes and his gaze followed Tajinda's outstretched finger. A thin and frail mongrel rested beneath a wooden bench in the middle of the concrete yard. Three light brown pups suckled on her shriveled teats. 
while to their right another pup lay lame and whining, unable to get up and feed itself. What do you see? asked Tejinda. Posein's reply was instant. Very good, said Tejinda, and he nodded, allowing himself a brief smile before closing his eyes again. Back at home, Posein locked the door behind him, then tipped the food he'd bought out of the clear plastic bags and into the white china bowls he'd washed and set on the dining table earlier. Posein looked at the red alarm clock on top of the small black and white TV and sat on the wooden sofa. It was 1.05pm. He nodded. Yes, he had a few more minutes. And he picked up his illustrated book again. The next morning there was joy all over the city at finding the king still living, but the queen was furious with her husband. She bribed the servants not to bury the dead body of the dragon, but to bring it to her room. Wow. Posein mouthed and his brown eyes widened when he saw the picture on the next page. Even in death, the dragon remained a thing of beauty. The smooth curve of his tail, the soft glow of his golden scales, the brilliant white of his teeth. Everything about him was perfect. Yes, it may well have all been a fantasy, but Posein understood why the queen found it hard to let the dragon go. The queen then sent for a huntsman and, swearing him to secrecy, asked him to tear off the skin of the dead dragon. As a reward, she gave him 1,000 silver coins. Having done so, the queen then sent for a seamstress and, swearing her to the same secrecy, asked her to sew a pillow with the skin, before then giving her the same number of silver coins. Then, when the old seamstress had left her chambers, the queen herself took one of the dragon's bones and made it into a hairpin. Click. That was the sound of his mother's key in the front door, which meant it was time for Posein to put the book down again. Kicking off her brown sandals, his mother entered the apartment and handed Posein two bags of fruit and vegetables. Posein, she said, did you get the food I asked you to? He nodded and pointed to the four bowls on the dining table. Good boy. His mother smiled and walked to the wooden sofa and slumped onto it. Having put away the durian, mandarins, apples, greens and yams, Posein sat beside her and watched her rest with her big eyes closed. Yes, his mother looked exhausted. The makeup and the danaka she'd put on that morning had been washed away by a thick sweat which streaked and soaked her face and clothes. Pale and pink, the long scar beneath her chin clashed violently with the burnished tone of her sun-kissed skin. Opening her tired eyes, Posein's mother turned and looked at him. Is everything all right, Posein? Yes. He smiled. And, wrapping his short arms around her slender waist, Posein held his mother tight. The end. Thank you to Matthew Hall, our storyteller for Dragons. Matthew is a voiceover actor and narrator from the UK, where he records from his home studio surrounded by the beautiful English countryside. 
Learn about Matthew's work on his Fiverr account, Crude Nerd. Dragons is a short story from Myanmar and was written by J.H. Martin. Martin's writing has appeared in a number of places in Asia, Europe, and the Americas. You can find many links to his poetry, prose, and art at his website, acoatforamonkey.wordpress.com. Follow J.H. Martin on Instagram at acoatforamonkey. In our next episode, we'll hear What Happens in Arcata by Jason Wallace. In What Happens in Arcata, a father is determined to throw his daughter a wonderful birthday party after screwing it up the previous year. But when his wife texts him to get some healthy snacks, he picks up soda, chips, cookies, chocolate milk, and Twizzlers. Things go downhill from there. To hear more feel-great stories, visit our website, sunlitstorytime.com, where we keep a library of all stories published to date. Tell your writer friends to go to the submissions tab on our website. If they have a feel-great story, we'd love to read it. This episode was produced, directed, and edited by Megan Kelly. Sunlit Storytime was conceived by our fiction editor and executive producer, Patrick Kelly. Social media and marketing by Susie Kelly. Music for the podcast by Celestial Sound. My name is Megan Kelly. See you next time. Mm-hmm.